It's Tuesday here on the Locked On Vikings podcast, and that means we are talking Kirk Cousins, maybe Dalvin Cook trades. We're talking about the the Zimmer Cousins piece that came out a a while back. We're talking about all sorts of stuff, including why are baby carrots so wet here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen each and every day. And of course, today is Twitter Tuesday. You know the gig. It's a mailbag. We're taking your questions. If you have any questions, you can always send them to me at NFL on Twitter or at LockedOnVikings on Twitter. You can also send an email to LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com or you can send uh, a, you can fill out the, the Google form in the show notes. And oh my God, I got a lot of questions this week. So thank you all so much for your enthusiasm here in uh, the last day of February and the first day of March, which is a very dead period. I love your enthusiasm. It means the world to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You might also notice that I sound a little different than I have in previous weeks. Uh, That's because I moved and I'm in a halfway set up room and it's probably not going to be set up all the way with soundproofing and stuff. So I'm going to be a little echoey if that bothers you. I apologize. Um, with that said, let's get into it. The first thing is going to be a two-parter. The first part comes from Jfish350 that says, looks like Kirk is staying. What draft capital can we get for Dalvin and would it be worth it? Asking as I feel he's injury prone and now seems to be the time to be to trade him and get something back to help this team since Kirk is going to continue to steal money from the Vikings. Um, so look, if you're trying to trade a player away to get cap space back, Delvin's not really the one. He's got three years left on his deal, which means a lot of bonus is going to prorate, and it's going to take away the 2022 cap a lot. And yeah, it sets up 2023 and 24 a little bit better, but the, those years are all a lot of non-guaranteed salary anyways, um, and a very malleable, very restructurable, and, and kind of poor leverage as well. So when it comes to making cap space, if you want to look at Dalvin Cook as a way to make cap space, I think that's fair, but it's because his contract is really malleable. Like it is pretty team friendly in that regard from a salary cap regard. Briz can do a lot of work with it um, and, you know, ensure that, that Dalvin still gets his money and all that. But um, I, I probably wouldn't look at getting rid of players. And in a broader sense, if your instinct is, we need to make cap space. Who do we get rid of? If that's pl- plan A for you, I encourage you to get a little bit more creative. There's always money in the banana stand. There's always ways to make cap space. And yeah, you might say, well, that's kicking the can down the road. But when that comes, you can restructure a different contract and basically do that in perpetuity until the heat death of the universe. Um, so with that said, let's move on to the second one, which is Kurt with two C's, who asks, can we assume any differences regarding Cook's role in the offense this year based off what we can gather about Kevin O'Connell, schematic or otherwise? Yes, I think. So Kevin O'Connell actually using the running back in the passing game has done like the the McVay scheme. And I think O'Connell did this in Washington too. Some really interesting stuff, like some really interesting stuff um, with like using him, using the, the halfback to attack the seam. If it's like a split safety coverage, like a cover two. So you, the middle of the field has this big old seam in it and you don't have like a Tampa two linebacker in there or something. Like if it's a cover four or something. Um, 
sending the halfback straight up the seam on like a seam route, a go route, like using him like a t- you would a tight end in that is some is something I think Dalvin Cook would be really interestingly good at. Um, there's also plenty of angle routes, lots of wheel route stuff. He uses a ton of wheel routes. So think about like that one, uh, ball that CJ ham caught down the sideline, except with Dalvin cook and it's a wheel route instead of a go. Um, I I think the, the shape of Dalvin cooks usage is going to be different. And that is, that's very interesting, right? That's very fun to think about. Um, so think less about like frequency and passes or runs or whatever, and think more about shape and location and spacing and all that. And and I think you get some really fun insights. Norse Code asks, it's been reported that Zimmer didn't feel the quarterback made enough winning plays and that he didn't take the necessary shots to help lead the Vikings to victory. Uh, Along those lines, which bunny doesn't make enough game winning plays? And will this also leak to graph? So we'll get the first part first. Uh, So this was an article in The Athletic from Chad Graff. That's more reporting on the situation with Mike Zimmer down the stretch and Kirk Cousins and how they didn't really get along. And essentially, um, it, it confirms a lot of what we has what's already been reported that that Mike Zimmer kind of didn't like Kirk Cousins, didn't think Kirk Cousins was the answer, didn't want to spend a bunch of money on a quarterback because he knew it would tear apart his defense. And then that happened. And then he was crabby about it. Um, so that is, uh, yeah, he didn't handle that very well at all. Um, and apparently he was like bashing him in coaching meetings and stuff, which kind of sounds normal to me. Like, I don't know what, like a coaching meeting where we talk about the quarterback is not one where we all heap a bunch of praise on him. Like, you know, the emperor has no clothes kind of thing. Uh, so anyways, the, the, there was, uh, I guess a lot of contention. We kind of already knew that. Um, but anyways, so that's an interesting thing. That's what he's, uh, that's what Norse code is, is referring to ZD is definitely the one to make more game-winning plays. Zoe doesn't make game-winning plays at all. That's not who she is. She's very conservative. She lets the game come to her. She lets you come to her. uh, And then she runs away kicking because you've slighted her or something. She's a very sassy bun. Uh, ZD is going to be the one that makes more game-winning plays for sure. Will this leak to Chad Graff? Um, Well, I just said it publicly, so yeah, probably. Dane Swanson says, what is a position that you value higher than consensus? For example, I feel like safety is a position that gets shoved down draft boards, but having bad ones leaves your defense incredibly exposed. Hard agree on safety. Big old agree. It's probably safety or nose tackle. I'm kind of getting, I feel like the running back discourse has gotten to a point where any talk about what the running back is doing for a team is immediately dismissed kind of offhand and without any further thought. And I think that ends up underrating them, even though, I mean, you know, we see the market and stuff. We kind of have come as a community to understand that running backs aren't the bell cow, you know, second most important player on the offense. That's the way we considered them back in the Emmett Smith days. Um, But it's still like a guy on the field that does stuff. You you can't just put a fan out there. Um, And the, the understanding of what running backs do, I think is getting lost in the sauce. We, we, we know a lot more about the value of a running back's contract than we do about the value of a running back's contribution on the field. And that annoys me. So I, I, I find myself talking about running backs more. Mayo Coffee asks, why are my baby carrots so wet? What's the remedy? Please help. Um, baby carrots are wet. Yeah, because they're stored in water because I guess that makes them keep better or something. I actually don't know what what the point is. It uh, the remedy is nothing. That's kind of nice. It makes them crisper and more refreshing. I don't know. Dip them in something, man. Your, your food, your mayonnaise coffee. Figure it out. Want to keep going with this mailbag, and it's a really full one, and I'm really sorry if I didn't get to everybody's, but first, 
let me talk to you about the good old Gramble. Bet Online is your one stop shop for all things Grambling. You can find basketball, hockey, if they ever play a baseball game, and even prop bets for football, like stuff on the NFL draft or Super Bowl winners or whatever, if you want to do a super early bet, though I can't say I recommend that. Head on over to betonline.net. They've got a great live betting apparatus so you can feel out the flow of a game as it goes. They've got player prop builders so you can build all your weird parlays. Everything under the sun, news or news odds and scores. It is awesome. Head on over to betonline.net where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Look, Locked On Vikings is on YouTube and you should go check it out because the gnome is in the shot. The Vikings gnome, the fabled one. And also I got purple lights now and that's pretty fun. Uh, check that out, but also check out the Locked On NFL page on YouTube. Um, on Mondays, Ross Jackson and I are going to start going live as we record the show for Tuesday morning. Um, so if you listen to Locked On NFL, Tuesday morning shows will be there. But if you want to see them early, you can check them out on the Locked On on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. So go check that out. Uh, let's continue on with this mailbag. Very exciting stuff. It is chock full, so we're going to get through as much as we can. The next one comes from Kyle Slaby, who says. The next one comes from Ruben Frost, who says, how do things like a like potentially extending Kirk and the hiring of Kevin O'Connell change your priors for Quasi or Kevin O'Connell? For example, I was high on Quasi and, and low on Kevin O'Connell, so now I feel slightly higher on Kevin O'Connell and lower on Quasi as it relates to the hiring. Um, sure, fair enough. I find that when I'm asked this, I, my brain goes immediately to, okay, but was the process good? And it seems like the process was good from my, I mean, I don't know, I'm not in the room, but it seems like the process was good. And if it led to a, an outcome that I personally disagree with, that's fine. So I think my priors on Quasi are that he's process oriented and being process oriented is good. So the fact that that process led to Kevin O'Connell and keeping Kirk Cousins and stuff doesn't bother me from that perspective as much. I mean, I disagree with the move, but I'm only one guy. A lot of people agree with the move. And so how do you figure out what the right one is? The answer to that is good process. Um, my prior on Kevin O'Connell, I definitely warmed to Kevin O'Connell as you learn more about him. And I think that that's fair, right? My first impression is, oh, he's a diaper baby that doesn't have any experience. Um, and then, you know, as I learn more, I go, oh, okay. You know, uh, Travis Rogers from Locked on Rams saying he's cut from the same cloth as McVeigh, And that's kind of why they hired him. And so it's not that he's touched McVeigh; It's that the blessing of McVeigh, McVeigh wanted him. He must be good because McVeigh is very good at hiring. So hiring a, a guy that McVeigh hired is like a good copycat thing. And it's like, that's a better way to think about it. So like, I've learned things that have warmed me up to Kevin O'Connell. And like I said, at the outset, I'm going to give it all a perfectly legit chance. I'm going to give it all the benefit of the doubt in the world, because who am I to give up on a thing before it even starts? Uh, Kyle Slaby asks, okay, 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 okay. Let's do this. Is Barr a fit as a rush end in a Fangio-esque defense? Uh, So as an outside Sam linebacker, I think in his prime, yes, because it's pretty close to what he did at UCLA. Now, I'm a little skeptical because of his knee injury and his health and his athleticism, he ain't the dude he used to be. Uh, that's a problem. But as a rush end in a Fangio defense, a lot of that is setting the edge. He can still do that. Um, and I think you just have to use him differently and understand he doesn't have the range that he that he used to. Um, and that he's just like a moderate athleticism linebacker that's really, really smart. Yes, I, th- I think he can totally uh, do that job. And Kevin O'Connell seems to agree because that was one of the first names to slip out of his 
mouth when he was asked about the defenders he was excited about. And the dude isn't even under contract for next year. Matt Chinander asks, bring back Greg Joseph or find another free agent kicker. If not Joseph, why? What other kickers are out there? My answer to this will always be the same, literally no matter how good or bad a kicker was, bring in a competition. Give me an undrafted free agent to see if he can outkick the guy and make it a true camp competition. No priors, no pole position, no, you know, uh, you're just defending your job a little bit. It's not just a mind game to get pressure. Nope. Zero, zero. Whoever makes more kicks in camp wins. Um, that is always my answer to this. And if Joseph beats a guy out and he gets the job, great. Good for him. And if he doesn't, then you got better. Um, that's always the same answer. Chris asks, do you think anyone will track Jefferson's production compared to crypto stocks to see if there is a correlation? Uh, he's asking this. I believe Justin Jefferson has gotten into the NFT game, as have a whole bunch of Vikings and or former Vikings. Anthony Barr, Perry Nickerson are all over it as, as a couple that, that come to mind. Um, my answer to this is be the change you want to see in the world, Chris. You, you can do it. I, I don't I'm not going to do it. Somebody might. You could be the somebody. Ryan says, you are the GM of a team undergoing a Peyton or Belichick scandal. Uh, you know what you did. Oh, no. Uh, your team is under an experimental new sanction this draft season. You are allowed access to all physical measurements, medical histories, and tape, but you can only witness and have data for one combine and pro day drill. What drill do you choose to formulate your draft? Okay, interesting question. First things first, I deny any and all allegations. This is all uh, just a, a sham that has been put together by the league because obviously the league has a bias against me as a GM. Um, uh, we, we deny all wrongdoing and we think we are being unfairly treated by the league. That said, uh, we will appeal this punishment, but if we lose, it's going to be one of the jumps. The reason I say that is, uh, so with, with speed and agility, we have player tracking data, right? We have chip data that we can get from all the colleges that is probably going to do a better job of, um, of, of, simulating and approximating athleticism anyways. I can see how they are as an athlete actually on the field instead of like a drill in shorts that's meant to sort of simulate it. Like I can see the actual data. So 40 time, three cone, short shuttle, all those can go out. Bench press, nobody really uses, that can go out. Um, it's it's the jumps. And the jumps are so versatile and helpful. They're great for corners and wide receivers because how high those guys can jump is like really important. It's important for offensive linemen because the jumps tell you kind of how much base power you can generate with, with your lower body. That's really important to a lot of the dry blocking and stuff that offensive linemen do. Um, and to some degree that makes the the same things apply to linebackers and, and running backs and stuff. It's kind of has some application for everybody. So it's the jumps. Which jump? I don't know. I, I don't really care, but broad jump, I guess. I don't know. It's pretty close in terms of which jump. Rich Funk asks, my 10-year-old started to talk about your podcast the other day, so now I have to listen to it. Nothing personal, but I don't do podcasts. Uh, welcome, Rich and Rich's 10-year-old son. Oh my God, there's a 10-year-old listening to this. I'm so sorry for what I've done to your child's young, impressionable brain. Does the Aaron Rodgers decision to stay in Green Bay or not stay in any way affect what the Vikings do this offseason? I don't think it should. Um, I get what people are saying. Hey, if Aaron Rodgers stays, that makes this a lost year. But man, screw that. Just because there's a good player in another in another team in the division doesn't mean that you should just like lay down and let him take it. Ah, screw that. No, he shouldn't. That shouldn't at all. If it does, I think that's a huge mistake. I think that's a weenie move. No, that'd be soft. Jeremy Eversvik asks, if Rodgers and Wilson are staying put, how much more likely does that make a Kirk trade? Offers might be better, NFC North stronger. So this is different than the, um, the like, should they just give up if Aaron Rodgers, you know, does that change the way they approach the offseason? Um, not because of the, like, level of competition, but more because of the way that that affects the market. 
Um, it is a hell of a seller's market right now. If you have a good to decent quarterback and you want to sell him, now is a great time. There are so many teams, Steelers, Commanders, Panthers, Broncos, who are all looking to trade for their next franchise quarterback. So if you wanted to sell Kirk Cousins, you would have teams bidding. And I think the same goes for Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo and all those other quarterbacks that you kind of don't really want, but are just fine. So if somebody like Rodgers or Wilson hits that market, it's going to inflate all those prices. And then the secondary guy is probably going to be brought up like rising tide lifts all ships just because of the comparison in the market and stuff. And that's also going to affect the way that players and teams negotiate in these trades. In the event of a Kirk Cousins trade, that means that Kirk Cousins and his agent will actually negotiate out a new contract extension with the new team because of the way his contract works. They're not going to want to take $35 million on the nose right away. They're probably going to want to trade it for him and then extend him. Um, and that means that that will be negotiated before the trade is finalized. So the agent and Kirk Cousins would go talk to, you know, the Panthers brass or whoever it would be and say, okay, this is the extension we want and stuff. And that process would definitely be affected by what happens with Rodgers and Wilson. So the economics of the trade market would totally change. Um, whether or not that changes, like, do the Vikings want to get rid of Kirk or not? No, I think whatever their decision is, they seem pretty convicted in it. I don't think that's a decision that they haven't made that we're waiting on. I think they just, if the contract gets worked out, it gets worked out. And if it doesn't, they, they trade him. I think that's, that's where it goes. And I think that the odds of a contract getting worked out are pretty high. Uh, Kirk Cousins is pretty good at negotiating. I got a bunch more questions here. I'm going to try to get through all of them, but first, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you about your car. Let's get real here. Let's let's talk about let's talk about your car. You got to take care of that thing. You have to be good about your car. And and that means, you know, don't put off maintenance and stuff. And if you're bringing it to a mechanic, make sure, you know, the mechanic is doing what you need them to do. And for that, head on over to rockauto.com. Uh, what you can do is if you are, if you're a do it yourself or you can get whatever part you need totally delivered to your door, it's just the perfect online shopping for every car thing ever under the sun, make your model in, into their wonderful catalog and, uh, they'll hook you up. But if you just want to take your car into a mechanic to get it fixed buy the part that they're going to need on rock auto, you're going to save a buck, like 30, 50% on it. And they'll deliver the part to your door and you can bring the part to the mechanic. And a lot of mechanics will just say, hey, here's a part. I need this replaced in my car. I brought you the part. Uh, can you just, I'll, I'll just pay you for the labor. And they'll say, that's fine. A lot of mechanics are willing to do that. And you'll save a lot of money instead of having them upcharge you for a part you could have gotten for a ton of money off. So head on over to rockauto.com. Whatever you buy in the how you heard about us section, let them know that Locked On sent you. Because if you don't, Zoe will abjectly refuse to throw past the sticks on third down. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, moving on with this Twitter Tuesday mailbag. The next one comes from Gilbert, who asks, assuming Brez can successfully restructure slash extend all available or eligible starters from 2022, Kirk, Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, etc., what is the maximum cap space the Vikings can get to without sacrificing any cap casualties? Okay, so there's actually a table for this at overthecap.com. Uh, I think it was Nick Cordy and maybe Brad Spielberger who does cap work for PFF, but I still think does some for over the cap. Those guys uh, at over the cap calculated all this out for the Vikings without negotiating with anybody, um, without so much as, as calling an agent, it's already worked into the contracts that they can push this button whenever they want. And the player has, does not have to consent to it, or I guess kind of already has ahead of time. 
they can make, I think, $48 million of cap space. So they could get down, they could get to about $30 million if they were like 100% willing to kick as much cap as possible down the road. That's not a great idea, but that's the maximum that they could do. So pick your favorite number of cap space that you think they would need between zero and $48 million, and they can make that number without cutting anybody or uh, losing anybody or, or even negotiating or having to have anybody take a pay cut or anything. Like They can just push buttons and do that. I think if if they negotiate extensions, so if you include like knocking 20 million off of Kirk Cousins's deal, but that requires an extension or adding void years to deals, which requires player consent. If you add things that require player consent, but are still like very doable and pretty likely to get done if the team wanted to, that number goes up to 86.5. So they could get to about 66 million under the cap. It's a pretty flexible situation. And here's the thing, in future years, it kind of stays like that. Like that number stays fairly static. Patrick Nissler asks, can you talk about Dantzler? At times, the first year people said he was great, then bad, then okay, then up and coming, then bad. What's your thoughts? Can he be a good starter? So I I was pretty high on him when uh, when he played in 2020. I even wrote a whole article about like, look, he like played really well. I think he's a good man corner. I think learning match pattern matching rules has been really difficult for him. There's been a lot of processing, a lot of slowness, a lot of mental mistakes and busted coverages and errors and stuff. And now he's going to have to learn a whole nother's coverage scheme. So that's going to be the barrier. Can he learn a coverage scheme, relearn a coverage scheme when he was already struggling so much to learn the other one. And I don't think Fangio's is like meaningfully simpler to learn for a cornerback than um, than Zimmer's. But if Fangio asks him to play a lot of one-on-one coverage, just mano a mano, lock a guy down, I do think he's a little underrated in that regard. Just put him in press and let him do what he did at Mississippi State, which is just like be a dog and play corner. Um, that that can work, and I, and I think he'll get hopefully some simpler assignments. But I don't think I don't know. It's it's gonna it's there's there's barriers to overcome. I guess is the way I'll put it. Uh, JV Swaps asks, who is the least divisive quarterback in the NFL, and how do we achieve such bliss as a fan base? Probably Josh Allen. Everybody loves Josh Allen. I mean, he was divisive, and there are some people still weirdly hanging on to like a draft prior. Hey, he's actually secretly really bad or whatever. But I think with uh, like, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes or somebody like somebody who's like maybe Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert's phenomenal, um, you know, young up and coming quarterbacks or these young dynamic guys that have kind of become the, the faces of the league, like like Allen and Mahomes, I, I think are probably the answer to that. And how do you achieve such bliss? Hit on one, man. You draft one and hit on him. It's that easy, right? Just do it. What's wrong? What's what's the hold up? Official Wangu fanboy says, you've just found out that you're the estranged son of Ziggy Wilk, and you've been hired as the offensive coordinator and have an extremely long leash to get creative with the offense. What is the most out there scheme you could run given the current roster? Yeah, Kirk Cousins, option quarterback. Let's do it. I mean, he's run some option before. He's got, I'm going to say, underrated athleticism, uh, and he can obviously make the reads. Like, it's all it's a one-two read. It's like the simplest thing in the world, so that's not going to be a problem. Um, and I think if if you can just encourage him to keep it enough and be that much of a baller that he actually become like, you can, you can just become an option team. Let's go. Run the option. Power option. Let's do it. Skull City says, I heard you say that most likely this next season wouldn't be a winning season for the Vikes due to many reasons. What, if any, changes could be made in the offseason to change your mind on that? This the way you put this question is kind of answers it is because I don't know the answer to that. I can't think of one. 
Um, I mean, look, they could trade Kirk Cousins for Aaron Rodgers somehow or something, right? Like if they did that or they they got they coaxed Tom Brady out of retirement and got rid of Cousins or something insane like that, like that kind of thing, I guess. But when we go back to reality, they could trade Kirk Cousins away. And I think that would be good for the long term health of the Vikings. But that doesn't really make this that makes this year a transition year, right? Where you either have a bridge or a rookie in his first year, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. That's not a Super Bowl team. Um, and that's OK. Like, that's just. It's now a long, a longer term game or you keep Kirk Cousins and I'm kind of on record saying why well, I don't think that wins a Super Bowl. So I don't know what wins a Super Bowl in 2022. I, I genuinely if you have an answer and this is not me like being challenging or combative genuinely, if you have an answer for what the Vikings can do this offseason that makes them a Super Bowl contending team, I am all ears. I, I want to believe it. So yeah, lay it on me. I don't have an answer to that question. And that is why I say I don't see a path forward for the Vikings to become a 2022 contender. I genuinely don't. Uh, Big Brad Wolf asks, who is going to make the biggest leap in 2022? And why is it Irv Smith Jr.? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, he he looked like he was about to take the leap before he got hurt. You got to make sure the health is there and the athleticism is there and stuff. Um, of course the, the offensive coordinator was a tight ends coach for a long time. So you would hope that that kind of favors him, um, in terms of his usage, get some seam routes going. Let's get weird and wild. Uh, I love it for Irv Smith Jr. If the Vikings are to be believed that answer to that is Kirk Cousins. They think that he's going to be the one making the big leap because they have the secret sauce to coach him. We'll, we'll see. I remain unconvinced. Uh, Exy asks any possibilities the Vikings trade back in the first round. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Why not? JT Elliott asks, realistic pass rushers the Vikings could target in free agency. Um, the one for me is Zadarius Smith, right? Because he's the, the Vikings hired his former outside linebackers coach from Green Bay, Mike Smith. They have him now. Um, and he tweeted an eyeball emoji when that happened. He was very clearly excited to see his old coach go somewhere. It seems like they have a good relationship. So that's great. It's just a matter of making cap space. But as we've just discussed, that's doable. Uh, yeah, Zadarius Smith is the one, right? Pseudo named asks, what sort of public shaming do you think is appropriate for Rasta Pasta until he acknowledges that you did in fact answer his question last week? Yeah, Rasta, what's up with that, dude? Last week I took a question from Rasta Pasta and it was quick, so I get it if you missed it. All you have to do is admit that you missed it, but you got real crazy and you tried to gaslight me into thinking that I didn't answer your question and I did. So there, there's your public shaming. Shame on you. Adam Kleinsaucer asks, would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized elephant or one elephant-sized duck? Ducks are crazy aggressive. Elephants are peaceful beings. I would, I would rather be approached by a hundred duck-sized elephants, but I would not fight them. I would befriend them. So tomorrow we're going to go, I, hopefully tomorrow we're going to go deep football. If I'm good, if I do what I, I want to do, we're going to go deep football. I want to keep getting myself, I'm sort of learning this Fangio defense live with you. I we talked about the history of it and the basics of like, what's the three, four and stuff and how do the players fit? But I want to really, really come to understand the X's and O's of, of the Fangio and by proxy, the Donatel defense. Um, so hopefully we're going to do some of that over the, the course of the week. In the meantime, uh, check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. It's that time of year. Start getting yourself all ready with the prospects. You'll probably know more of them than I do at this stage. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.